0: So it's been over a week since the final episodes of Rhythm and Flow have dropped, if I'm keeping track of things right, and I've been wanting to talk about this series for a while, but I don't really know how to talk about it because it's on Netflix, and so it's bingeable, but they're only putting out like a couple episodes a week, so it's on demand... Yeah, Netflix, you did some weird stuff with this one. But it turns out to be one of my favorite music competition shows. And I love music competition shows. And it's my favorite for really important reasons. And I want to talk about those on today's Project Shadow. I have something to say. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my latest book, Crucify My Love. And yeah, I wanted to talk about rhythm and flow. And I guess I should say from the onset, there may be spoilers. There will probably be spoilers in this episode, but unlike a lot of competition shows, see, this got spoiled for me before I actually watched the last episode. But man, the show is so good, it didn't even bother me that I knew who was going to win ahead of time. Thanks Hip Hop DX. But anywho. So yeah, if if you're really averse to spoilers, you might want to watch the show first, but today's episode is more about why more music competition shows should be like this one. And less about like the drama or what have you about the show itself. But I will be making reference to events that took place on the show. So that could be seen as a spoiler. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we get to communicate with each other. And after all, That's why I do this in the first place. Thank you to everybody who's already done that. All right. So rhythm and flow on its like face value is the simplest concept ever. There has never, other than the rap game, been a hip hop themed competition show. And the rap game kind of only sort of counts in that it's for kids, number one. And number two, the only person they have to impress is Jermaine Dupri. Even though Queen Latifah like, produces that, movie, that show. And I watch a lot of this kind of programming because I love music, I love covers, and a lot of these shows are about covers, and I like seeing people trying to make it. It's something that really inspires me as a creative person, and I wish that these shows were better. I watched The Voice for a very long time until it just became stupid, and you could predict the winner from the rounds, the, the not even the battle rounds, from the earliest episodes because it kind of developed an audience that had a particular formula for the type of person that it wanted to win. So it would be, it was just obvious who was going to win. I never really got into American Idol. I felt that it was a lot more of a gimmicky show. Though I tried, I the X Factor I couldn't really get into. But you know, I watch Masked Singer. I, 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 I'm. This is a format built for someone like me. But the thing that Netflix got right with rhythm and flow, that a lot of these shows get wrong, is it's actually about the competitors, and the not only the competitions that they go through, but the feedback they get from the judges is actually intended to make them better, even when it's some of the goofy stuff that Cardi B says. And that's the other thing. The three judges are actual legitimate st- stars in the genre. It's Chance the Rapper, T.I., and Cardi B. And, I mean, some of the guests that get brought on, I mean, we got Killer Mike, we've got Snoop Dogg. I mean, it I could go on for a long time, because they brought in quite a few guests in the early episodes. But these are people that are actually important in the genre, and it was really smart of them to limit to one genre. So you didn't have to figure out how does a rapper go up against a pop star who goes up against a country act. None of that. It's just straight up. This is a hip hop competition that you would expect someone who's in the business to be doing. So You have the cypher, you have the battle rap, you have the music video, you have them working with various producers, you have them working with big-name producers, you have them doing a feature on an R&B track, and then you have the final performance, and they're being judged all along the way on how they do this. And this is, and it gets pointed out on the show, is kind of the trajectory of a hip-hop artist's career. And it worked really well because it made the competition something that music competitions usually aren't all about the music. Now don't get me wrong. I mean, we get B-roll and backstory on all the characters and how bad they want it and how bad they need it and how bad it'll help their, you know, how much it'll help their family and all that. You know, all the stuff that you expect from a reality show, you know, music competition with up-and-comers in it. But the way that it actually worked out It was a wonderful way to showcase the hip-hop community. It was a wonderful way to showcase hip-hop culture in that you got to see the ciphers, you got to see the battle raps, you got to see exactly what this music meant to them, not just how bad they needed the money or how cute they were in their stage costumes or any of that. It was really about the music. And that's something that you don't see in a lot of these music competitions, because they generally go for a gimmick. I mean, let's be honest, The Voice, at least last time I watched it, was more about the witty banter between the judges and which team is going to win than it really is about the music. American Idol was about the judges. The X Factor was about the judges. The Mask Singer is about the judges and well, the guessers. They're not really judges, but you know what I'm saying. And, you know, the mystery gimmick of who's actually under the mask. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of that, but none of it is purely about the music. And this show really did feature prominently, like with the with the sample challenge, for example, they were given a sample. And they had to, that had been used in famous hip hop songs before, so they had to find a way to use it and use it well, but also not feel like not remind people too much of either the pre- the original track or the famous track or tracks in some cases that used that sample. That's a very interesting challenge and. One of the things that comes out of it is one of the artists I thought did something really interesting with an Edie Brickell sample. Flawless Real Talk, he did some really interesting stuff with an Edie Brickell sample. But then Cardi B pointed out, you couldn't tell it was an Edie Brickell sample. So what's the point? And she pointed out the actual business reality of using samples of how much the artists generally want and how you can go into debt if you're not making a hit with that sample, that they're going to want a lot of money up front and they're going to want 50% on the back end. And that comes out of the artist's cut, not the label's cut, the artist's cut. And that kind of candid expression of what the industry is like was really refreshing to see because, yeah, a lot of these people had talent. A lot of these people had things going for them. But they were looking at them as people who had been in the industry for quite some time and who were still prominent in the industry and looking, you know, how is your stage presence? Are you, do you have a marketable look? Are people going to be into you? Does your song have a good hook? Are people going to be listening to it in the club? Are people going to be putting that on repeat on their playlists? And they're using those kinds of metrics to figure out whether or not they want an artist to move on to the next round. And that's just brilliant. Because that's rea- that, that is more reality-based than anything else. Now, we can talk about whether or not they made right decisions in this round or the other, and that's where the drama comes in, and that's where conversation gets going and all of that. But the fact that they're actually using real industry metrics, And really trying to judge based on what the industry would do with that particular track and how that would probably be, you know, accepted by the mainstream audience that's out there. You know, would it be a hit? Is that what's actually going on here or not? That's brilliant. That's powerful. And that is the kind of reality that doesn't get brought into these quote-unquote reality shows. And so everybody who took part in the process got an education in the field that they are trying to get into. And that's just brilliant. But don't get me wrong. This show is not all about the technicals of the industry, and it's not all about, you know, how... This isn't an Adam Neely music video, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you watch him or not, I love his stuff. But, you know, this isn't that kind of educational TV. But the fact that that gets included into the process makes the show much more engaging and much more interesting because... When you hear the judges not liking something, even if it's something that you liked, and you have to realize that, the, you know, personal taste and all that is coming into it. But when you hear their reasons, because they don't just say, you know, didn't like it, but they actually say the reasons. And even like some of the goofy ones that Cardi B put forward in the show, and she she really is, the, she's the comedic judge. like She was put in to be the comedic judge. So you have the two serious judges, the super serious judge on the one side with T.I., and you have the the nice guy but serious judge with Chance the Rapper. And then you have Cardi B, who's the one there to, you know, have a good time and make, make the show funny. Because that's kind of Cardi B's brand, is, you know, she's irreverent and she's funny and all that. But even some of her more ridiculous statements that she made throughout the show were backed up by words that explained why she felt that way. And here's really where we get to the spoiler part of the show, because I kinda already named one person that got into it for a bit, but now I'm going into the spoiler. So you if you don't know and you don't want to know who's in the finals, and granted, I didn't know who was in the finals, but I did know who won. So You know, that did not affect my enjoyment of the thing, but I'm not entirely spoiler averse either. So if you're interested in watching the show and you don't want spoilers, go watch it, come back, listen to the rest of the show. Okay. But when you get to that final episode, spoilers are incoming in five, four, three, two, one. And you've got Troy, man, you got London B, you've got flawless, real talk, and you got D smoke. And these are four very different rappers. These are four very different musicians, very different artists who are approaching the music very differently. And you really get to see that in the final episode. And that's the brilliance of this show is usually by the time you get to the finale, the machinery of the show has homogenized the product that's being produced so that by the time you get to a season at the end of a season of American Idol you know what an American Idol singer is going to sound like because there's a certain sound that comes out of American Idol no matter what they said like going into the process that's what they sound like at the end same thing's true for the voice they come in all unique in their own and then they get homogenized through the process To the point where you know what's going to be, despite who's in the finale, you know what's going to be in the finale because they have homogenized it all down to sound like the voice. And that's true for a lot of these competition shows. That's how these competition shows work for good, bad, or indifferent. That's how they work. But the fact that we got to the end of this and we have four very different musicians, Four very different artists with four very different takes on not only the industry and why they want to be involved in the industry, but in how they put together music and what their music sounds like. And when you listen to the finale album, because they put out two albums for this series, one for the music videos and one for the um, finale, I wish they'd put out one for the collabs because there's some of those that I would really like to have, but they did not do that. Um, though, those may come out by the individual artists, who know, who knows, but I wish they had put out one for the collabs as well, but they didn't. (laughs) Um, there's actually a lot of music that played throughout this show that I wish we would have got, they would have put out. But anyway, by the time you get to that final episode, they are so different one from another and like Troy man, nothing against him. He's a great, great rapper, but he was he and Flawless Real Talk were kind of on the bottom of my list going into it. I I wasn't really a big fan of a lot of the stuff that they'd done, though I have to say a couple of the, you know, some of the stuff didn't make my playlist. But, you know, I wasn't a huge fan. But man, Flawless, no, it wasn't Flawless came out first. It was Troy, man, when he came out first and just tore up that stage. That's when I knew this was a different kind of music competition. Because, you know, by the time you get to the end, everybody's got their favorites, you know what's going on. Especially because this isn't one of those America Votes shows, and it's not one of those audience Votes shows. The only people that have a say are the judges, are the three judges. So T.I., Cardi B., and um, Chance the Rapper. They're, They're the only three that have a say in what's actually going to happen at the end of this series. And so you feel like you know what's going to happen because by this point, they have learned the taste of these artists, of these judges. And like in a lot of music competitions, they're then going to play to the, you know, what those judges like so that they can better ensure that they're going to win. And I like the way Tip described it because when Troy Mann came out, yeah, that's what Will Smith would sound like if he were a trap musician. It was all that fun that you would expect from a Will Smith dance track, but as a trap song. And it worked so well, and it just blew me out the water. And then, so Streetlights, that's just a phenomenal song. And then I Can't Change by London B. I, oh, uh, I Can't Change, I Can't Change the soundtrack in the back of my head, because to be honest for me, London B was like my favorite to the entire competition, I Can't Change is kind of the background song in my life right now, like I got up this morning, started getting ready to do the podcast and get the stuff done for today, and the first thing that I did was play I Can't Change, because I needed to hear it. Because it was already playing in my head, and I needed it to just be in the room with me. And, I mean, it's it's amazing. And, you know, all, all of the songs were amazing. And I have to say, though, because I, I just need to bring this up. That piano intro that D Smoke had for Last Supper in the performance, I wish that was on the track. It's not on the track. And I wish it was on the track. Like, I want a live version of Last Supper because I want it with that piano intro because that was so good and so powerful and don't get me wrong I like that song too but it it needs that piano but even though I knew what was gonna happen at that point in time one I I I was okay with it because yeah I, I was okay with it like yeah I know who's going to win and I know why they're gonna win but at the same time man they just tore it up and it was amazing it was a really good show and it meant so much through the process to hear like some of the producers like some of the big name producers like Soundwave is working with them and you know you know London on the beat and whatnot you know Hit Boy is working with them and to hear them say like I don't know I don't care who wins or loses this thing we're going to do something after this that just blew me away because that's the chance that these people are after because that's the other brilliant thing about this is it was a non-contractual they just won $250,000 no contracts no like now you have to work with our label or now you can't do anything on your own for a certain period of time because you didn't win no no like, a couple of them already have new EPs out, some new mixtapes are out, I think D-Smoke and Troy Man, both, I think London B also has one out now, and all of them are dropping new music next year that they've already started talking about, like, they, man, they did the show right, and I kind of want one, I want more Rhythm and Flow. I want another season of Rhythm and Flow. And I want it I, to kind of follow this model and be as good as the season was. But there's part of me that really wants them to like... Netflix, you want to take over music competition model? Do this for other genres. Give me a pop star version of this. Give me a rock star version of this. Give me an EDM version of this. I will watch it. You know? I probably wouldn't watch an alt-indie version of that because I'm not really into indie music anymore. I think for the most part, it all sounds the same. But anyway, if you haven't seen Rhythm and Flow, it's really good. If you're just into this kind of music, check out the albums that they put out. Because it's Rhythm plus Flow. Just search that. You'll find the albums that they put out. The music is worth it. These artists are worth getting into. And I just wish more was like this. It really made me happy. So... That's where we're going to end it today. This is my last live recorded episode before December. So I'm going to start writing tomorrow and I already have tomorrow's episode recorded because it's nano time. Thank you so much. You guys mean the world to me. If you haven't already rated this podcast and whatever app you're listening to me on, please do that. That helps out a lot. If you want to join the project in the show notes, you can find links to both my Patreon and the listener support. It really helps out a lot. More than you know, thank you to everybody who does that. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like joining, then if you know somebody you think would like what I'm doing, please share it with them. That helps out a lot too. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, or if you're doing National Novel Writing Month with us next month, then definitely use the voice message system. You find a link to that in the show notes. I'm going to be doing a Friday recap show, which is basically going to be Throughout the week, I'm going to be recording little things about my experience in NaNo, and that's all going to come out on Friday mornings. So if you would like your experience to be included in that, give me a call in. I'd love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I'm CEDorce on both. You can find links to everything that I do over at ProjectShadow.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you get all the words written. And man, we're going to rock this. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.